definitely hard for me to put in words uh, how much I was looking forward to sharing this day with you guys from, from so many different angles and thank you, so, so many different reasons. Uh, some of you were, you were here partnering with this church when it was just an idea, it didn't exist, and, and you were supporting the idea of a new church in Muskego. Others of you, you were on this thing called a launch team had a perfectly good church before this and just decided, you know, what the heck, I'll throw myself into building a new church for, for somebody else. Uh, some of you got here because you, you thought you'd give a church in a gymnasium a shot. Uh, maybe you saw our sign out in front of Muskego High School before it blew over for the day. Uh, you know, or the grand opening of a new building or a friend in your neighborhood or Jamming on Janesville. Others of you, uh, you're just new to town, so part of a new home is finding a new church home. Others of you are churches that we got to hang out for a while before we helped you plant and, and get off the ground for, for your church so that you can do it all over again the way other churches backed us. Uh, but what, what meant the most in my heart was just, just picturing this room today Knowing that everyone here, for all the different ways you got here, are still here for that one reason. It, it's, it's Jesus. That, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And that because one died, all get to live. But now we don't live for ourselves. We, we live for him. That, that's what I was looking forward to. And even for those of you who know me, that was way too early in this talk for those tears to be falling. <laughs> uh, we, we've been talking seeds and soils lately, fruit and root. Uh, parables, really, from Jesus in Mark's gospel, the, the fourth chapter. And uh, there's one more parable I wanted to make sure we got to cover, and I saved it for today. And uh, this one I've earmarked as one of those provocative promises from God. I don't know if you get that feeling sometimes when you go through scriptures. There's, there's great lessons, there's great inspiration, there's great wisdom, all this other stuff. And there's a couple times where it's just like, I think Jesus is trying to provoke me right now. Just pushing on you in such a way so that what you believe right now goes further than where it's standing. Alongside the times, he says, pray to the God who can do immeasurably more than you ask or imagine. Alongside the time, he says, you'll do even greater things to, than, than me. Alongside the time, he told the prophet, you thought you were uh, getting worn out competing with people. I've, I made you to run with horses, fella. Alongside those kinds of provocative promises is this one here, in, in Mark chapter 4, for me. It says, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such a big branches that birds can perch in its shade. The gospel of Jesus, the, the sum total of the kingdom work of the Son of God, who lived and died and lived again so that freedom and forgiveness would be earned for all of humanity, it, it goes in so small, so simple, so humble. But when it starts doing its growing work, it spreads here, there, and everywhere. And surprising strength, garden-altering strength comes out of it. Jesus wants to provoke a little more faith with a story like that. Uh, I was asked to plant uh, 
uh, this, this church by, by Brooklife Church in McGuanago, River Glen Church in Waukesha, and, when, and a couple other churches as well. And when they were saying, hey, we'd, we'd like to get this church started, and we think Muskego is the area, and they, they turned to ask me if I wanted to do it. I said no. <laughs> I just didn't want to. And it was going to be hard, but thanks, uh, thanks be to God that uh, I had a little bit of faith and a wife who listens to Jesus better than I do, and uh, we turned it into a yes, a really small, tiny yes, more of a whatever kind of yes. Wherever you're going, Jesus, just whatever. I'll, I'll go along with you there and come along for the ride. That, that, that was my small mustard seed kind of moment. And with that, yes, something started growing in me. Uh, then I got a few dozen friends together to talk about what this church was ultimately going to be and look like. And the funny thing is, uh, no one had anything to say about what the Sunday service was, was going to be. No one brought to the table any special programming that was going to make us amazing. Uh, not a single one of us dared to venture the thought of being better than any other great church that God's already put on, on this planet. But as we talked, we talked about the importance of connecting people to Jesus in an everyday life, in an everyday relationship kind of way. Relationships mattered. We knew that much. We also knew kids mattered. That the next generation was going to be the now generation at this church. And kids were always going to get our best resources and our best effort and our best everything. And with those two small, simple ideas of relationships and kids... That was another small mustard seed that started sprouting up plants here, there, and everywhere with just, just a couple simple of thoughts on that. And so many other small seed moments kept happening, and in time they found their growth. Like uh, when discipleship started taking shape for our kids in, in the doc ministry, it was taking place in a high school hallway. And, you know, looking at a, at, at a small seed moment like this, a lot of those kids are walking that same hallway right now as high school students. Some of them have already gone on to graduate from that high school and are still choosing Jesus. Small seed moments like when these uh, tiny little commitment cards came in for a thing called momentum. And out of that, two years, for the next two years, families at this church doubled their generosity so that a lousy picture like what you're looking at right now is the room that you're sitting in and involving people and their neighbors and their networks today. The first room that, that we rented out of our facility, because we had this picture, it would be great to be hospitable to the rest of our community. It was, it was called Beer Fest, of all things. <laughs> and with a small seed moment like that, would you believe, we counted it up, over 2,000 events have gone through this building that have nothing to do with our church. Team banquets, weddings, Cub Scout gatherings, fundraisers, just the simple message that's coming out loud and clear that inside of Christ Jesus, you are welcome here. Our home is your home. Uh, I remember the first person who was baptized at Lake Point. Uh, that, that was a small seed moment I won't forget. And I also remember uh, this past August, our 175th person who was baptized 10 years later. I remember our first trip to per Peru. And since then, has gone on to be five trips to Peru. 
and 5,000 months worth of personal sponsorships, the kids that are in need there, because kids in Peru matter as much as kids here in, here in suburban Wisconsin, and a quarter million of dollars has been invested in those kids' life, and now an orphanage has been built, and roofs over the, the heads of our learning centers. Our first mosquito feeds, well, it seemed like a big stretch at the time, 10,000 meals. And then since then, it's gone on to be 400,000 meals for, for hungry people. Just small seeds. Small seeds that got their small plant-like growth. And some of those seeds took on amazing tree-like strength, given enough time. But the parable of the mustard seed is, is provoking belief that keeps going further, keeps dreaming stronger, keeps seeing more. Uh, truth is, I don't know anything about mustard seed. Everything I know about mustard comes from a bottle of Heinz. But I can tell you, I do know some things about oak trees. Simply by looking out the window of, 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 my, of my kitchen. Uh, uh, my neighbors have some of the most amazing oak trees in the world. Uh, this guy right here, the, that oak tree will overtake the driveway someday. I am I'm convinced of it. It takes more than two people to get your, your arm around it. Uh, I got this other neighbor, and this, this is what his oak tree looks like. I'm pretty sure one of those branches is growing into his, his bedroom window. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and just dwarfs that tire little, tiny little tire swing in front of the place. And I'm happy to let you know that I am contributing to the neighborhood. And I have my own oak tree. Bet you're wondering what it looks like. <laughs> it's got a way to go, right? But here, here's what's fun about this. This oak tree is exactly 10 years old. And I'll tell you how I know. Uh, this same weekend, 10 years ago, while the church was being planted, I was also moving my family of five out of, our, out of my mother's basement and into our, into our home here in Muskego. Now, by the way, planting a church and moving your family on the same weekend, really terrible idea, but we did it anyway, and we, we survived. Uh, but in the middle of all these other uh, projects that you tear into in a new home, one of the things was just a, a bunch of lousy buckthorn that was growing in my front yard. If you know what buckthorn is, it's like a, a weed that somehow grew wood, and now it's really hard to get rid of. And uh, I'm digging all this stuff out of my yard, cutting it down, chainsaws, really. And then in the middle of it is this, this tiny little, little, little plant with, with an oak leaf on it. And I said, well, what the heck? Let's, let's see if this guy can make it and grow through all these buckthorn roots. And 10 years later, there, there he is. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him, and honestly, I'm I'm inspired. With, with, with the thought of, what's this guy going to look like 10 years from now? Or, or 20 years from now? Or the way oak trees work? What, what could this possibly look like 100 years from now? What, what kind of strength? What, what, how, how big could it get? And honestly, I don't need a whole lot of imagination because all I got to do is look under my oak's tiny little branches back over to one of my neighboring oak trees and their yards, and, and I see these oaks that have stood the test of time. How many storms has an oak like that gone through? That tree was there before there was a home, before anyone claimed it as a yard, but before a road went through and cars were driven, or someday when cars drive by with themselves without any people in it, right? The oaks just stay there over time, 
getting taller, getting stronger, spreading their branches out left and right in every direction. My oak is, just, is not just a seed anymore, but that's how it started. It's not a mighty oak yet, but someday it's going to get there. Like I said, I, I don't know about must, mustard seeds, and you, you probably don't either, but we get how oak trees work. And Lake Point Church, I'm telling you, this is the picture that God wants you to have in your mind, to be amazed that you're, you're no longer a tiny little seed. You're not that anymore. But you're not yet the mighty oak that God's going to make you into either. And so you got to dream. And you got to take the provoking of Jesus when he says, it's like a mustard seed that goes in small and gets bigger and stronger than you expect from there. Just a couple things that are on my heart for this church. How I picture us growing up in, in the not-so-distant future. I know a big branch that's going to grow on our tree is, is going to be prayer. It, it sounds crazy simple, but it's, it, it's going to be so profound when we get there. I don't, I don't know if you remember uh, earlier this year when we first started putting the tables out in the middle of the service and what, what everyone's response was. But what, how do you think it went? Like, even for the most extroverted of extrovert person, this is like, this is weird and uncomfortable, and I want to leave, but, but you sat through it. And by the time the day was done, you said, that, that was good. And that, that felt like what church was supposed to be. And that still happens to people today, the brand new guests who come in, it's, it's weird and it's uncomfortable until they're done. And someone says, that's, that's good. And that's the way church is meant to be. Now it's just become normal. It's just what we do. It's, it's become normal to turn and talk to each other. And I'm telling you guys, this is where prayer is going next here at Lake Point Church. Just like we made a normal thing out of something as weird as turning at a circle and talking to each other in the middle of service, your ability to talk to God is going to get that normal, where whatever it is in your soul is just going to be able to be held out there, and the conversation is going to keep going back and forth. That, that, that one I know for sure, that that branch is going to grow on this tree, and it's going to grow strong, and this one's growing, going to grow really quick. I know another one is going to be the gospel. This is going to be like strengthening the trunk of the tree. Our gospel is going to be expressed to our community in words. We've been really good about being all over the community, but people know you serve. People know you love. People see you in their parades and their events, and people know you in their, in their neighborhoods. But I don't know if you get this, but I get this as a pastor. So many people just flat out appreciate and say, yeah, I know Lake Point Church. You guys are great. Jesus doesn't get into a person's life just because they got a really nice friend. What we got to do is be the people that, that notices what is going on inside of the soul of another person and dig into the Holy Spirit as we're receiving it right now for ourselves and translate that into words that something that God's given you is going to be a word that gets planted in the soul of someone else next to you. Nothing gets growing in that person's life until, until we get there. That's going to be strengthened in this church. I, I also dream of us growing and, and what, it, what it really means to define a church. That, that we start growing left, right, forward, backward in ways that we haven't before. I, I am so sick and tired of being defined by non-availability on Sunday mornings. 
But like, like if 10 a.m. on a Sunday doesn't work for you, that somehow that washes a whole week of church out of your life. What I picture, I, I don't know what's a picture. I'm not actually smart enough. But what I picture is something going on in our hearts that says, I can't go a week without growing as a disciple of Jesus. And so even if I can't do that one hour on a Sunday morning thing, I'm going to draw closer to the things of, of people and the church and the things of God so that I can keep growing as a disciple. I can't go a week without that. And equally passionate on my heart is I can't go a week without investing something of that as a disciple maker in someone else's life. Someone else would grow if I got close to them. And I, I'm not going to go a whole week without either of those two things. And just this magnetic pull of, I gotta have more of Jesus in me, and I gotta give more of Jesus to someone else. At that point, whether or not you made it on a Sunday morning doesn't matter. And at that point, I think Sunday morning is gonna be even more exciting still. 